friends, how's it going? It's Tiffany Pratt. This is my love jam. I know it's wild to think that I have a podcast all about love, but let me tell you, even though I'm a designer, creative director, creative person, artist, author, TV, whatever, there's absolutely nothing that I've ever done in my life that has been more important than bringing love into everything that I've ever done. And this is a podcast all about that. I have met miraculous, cool, incredible people along the way, and I want to introduce you to some of them. I want to talk to you about my journey. I want to share some of the things that I've learned. And more than anything in the whole world, I don't want you to feel alone. As a creative person, I want us to feel like a powerful community of supportive friends that can turn to each other and know that no matter what, we've got each other's back. So that's what the Love Jam's all about. Let's talk about it. Let's get down in the middle of it. Let's uncover it. Let's see all of its colors. And let's jam. Let's jam about love. That's the Love Jam. Enough's with the freaking faucet running. Let's do this podcast, okay? Give me, give me a minute. What are you doing in the kitchen, bro? All right. Well, here, I'm here now. I'm just, I was doing the dishes and my hands were soaked and I just, uh, you know, I got the uh, Touch 2.0 technology faucet from Delta Faucets Canada and I just touch it and then it goes off. Oh my God. Are you intrigued? I'm so intrigued. Things are sounding so fancy. Touch and go, baby. You just touch it. <laughs> And it does what you want. So, so what? You installed this puppy? Yeah, super easy to install. Um, you can you can hook it up to power, or it comes with batteries, and you don't have to get your faucet all dirty and the handle all goopy if you're cooking, or if you've been in the garden, or if you got stuff in your hand. Touch it with any you know any part of your arm or your face if you want. Uh, and it what comes about on. your nose? You could do it with your nose. It comes on. It just you don't have to you know squeegee the hand. And not only that, you can leave it at a certain temperature, and you touch it, and it comes on at the temperature, and you've got a little LED. Ooh. Yeah, it shows you you know from cold to blue to red to to hot. So you always know what temperature the water's at. Oh, it's slick times. It's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> so you're loving it. You're loving your Delta Faucets Canada business. Absolutely. And you know what? Super nice of them. And they even made a point of saying uh, in the email, you don't have to mention this. You don't have to talk about it on Instagram. We don't expect anything for this. We just wanted to say thank you for doing the Love Jam. Can I just say that's what the Love Jam is all about? That is what the Love Jam is all about. They are pulling the love through with their generosity, not only supporting us for season two, but yeah. my gosh, you know, making the love real. They're not just asking us that's to tout right. a product. They're saying, try it. If you love it, talk about it. Absolutely. Zero ask uh, except to say thank you, which is wonderful. So thanks, guys. Delta Faucets Canada, we love you. You got Coco over here touching and tapping. Boom. In the house. Touch and go. Wow. All right, and now let's get on with season two of The Love Jam with Tiffany Pratt. Kicking off season two hard with one of my newer friends. Now, Jamie, when. <laughs> Jamie, when did we meet? 
Well, first of all, before I start answering your questions, uh, I'm going to say that in your intro, you talk about miraculous people and... Aw. Aw. You are one. <laughs> You're making me cry. And here we haven't even started. So we met uh, a year and a half ago. Uh... Well, it was... Jamie, first of all, how we met is because you are the sales manager for Canada for Farrow and Ball Paint. Yes? Did hey, I get your title right? Yeah, you did, except it's paint and wallpaper. Paint. <laughs> if we're going to plug it, let's plug it right. <laughs> let's just do this shit right. So it's paint and wallpaper for Farrow and Ball, and you're in charge of Canada. And obviously, you're here because I've never done a podcast and geeked out about design stuff. And this is what I do all day long. I'm talking to so many different people and I thought, who do I love geeking out with about design? And I thought of you immediately. So anyways, you are- I love geeking out uh, on any subject matter with you, so. We, 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 we just can... go into it all right. days at a time. Yeah. And unfortunately for the peoples, they're only gonna get an hour yeah, well, or 45 minutes. We'll see what happens. All right, we'll see how interesting I am. You're so interesting. Yeah, well, time will tell. Okay, so, so we're at- an event that Fairwind Ball is hosted. They've asked me to be the hostess um, and with the most, well, I hoped I, I hoped at the time that I would bring the mostess. And, um, and then I remember we were at the first part of this traveling party and we were at a bookstore and I wore a turban that night, which maybe wasn't the greatest uh, oh, no, outfit choice look, for- You looked fantastic. And it was awesome. So if you're you're plugging for compliments, then no, yeah, yeah. I was more thinking it's you know it's an English paint brand, and I decided right. to wear a turban. You could wear a wet paper bag, and <laughs> oh, you Jesus. you would still shine walking <laughs> through a door into a room with a group of people. You really would. Oh well, this is how I felt about you when you walked in, dapper, dressed to the nines. You looked like you you were the president of freaking Pharaoh and Ball. That's how you looked, and you smelled like a dream, freaking Hermes <laughs> dripping off your. I was going to say your loins, but your loins were not exposed. <laughs> and, and then, um, by the way, we just have to talk. We'll get to that. How I say inappropriate things and you're the only one that laughs. Remember? Okay, fine. <laughs> totally inappropriate. Bless you, Jamie, for laughing at my stupid jokes. Oh, I love your jokes. So, anyways, we meet and we really didn't get a lot of time together, did we? We didn't. It was sort of a looking hello, hello. Yes, I admired you from across the room for most of that event because, you know, you are desirable. Uh, people want to talk to you. They want to understand who and what you are. And I... Well, I wanted to understand who and what you were, mm. but there was, there was a very small period of time that night, and then all of a sudden it was like the clock struck 12, and we were all turned into mice. So here we go again. We're meeting again. We see each other at another talk I'm doing for Pharaoh and Ball. And then what happens? You could not believe I remembered who you were. And that's when the sweetness came through. And I was like, who is this beautiful man? And I needed to find more ways to get to talk to you. And so we started to collab and I was doing a home show tour. And that's when you had flown in to meet a stockist in, in Winnipeg. Winnipeg. And we had dinner. We fell in love. And we, we are now betrothed. We are entirely betrothed mm. i i don't know what i would do i think the, the and i've said this to you before the significant thing for me at 53 years of age you get older and and making friends connecting with people that in terms of heart and mind are you know there, there are some really strong synergies um 
so you were the first person in a very, very long time uh, who I met that I instantly connected with and knew that we, we could potentially be forever friends. Uh, regardless of what direction our lives took, regardless of whether we spoke daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, it was just one of those feelings, and it felt really good. It really did, because, you know, we get a little long in the tooth as we get older. Uh, we, we become, well, ironically, on one hand, we become more secure with who we are in many respects, um, but then we become insecure with who we become as older people and whether or not we're worthy of somebody's time and attention. But you, as I said, you've, you've, uh, you've changed that for me in many respects. Well, you were, I loved you instantly. I loved you instantly. And I remember, um, so excited that you were going to be in Winnipeg because nothing fun happens in Winnipeg. And that was I, a lovely meal too. That was a great restaurant. And I, I love all the Winnipeggers, but especially in the wintertime, it, the city sort of shuts down. And uh, we had breakfast and dinner in one day. Do you remember? You arrived, and I was like, let's do breakfast. It was like the ultimate double date. And uh, It's when you came out of the elevator in that beautiful, oh, I'm going to get the, you wore a red dress, and it was June at 8 p.m. I'm going to get this wrong. I think it was pink, and it was a scarf, whether or not you, you were going to wear the scarf. Oh, this is the vintage gown yeah. with the, oh the attached God. shawl. You looked fantastic. Oh. Breathtaking. And those white shoes. See, yep. I am remembering. I'm yep. getting it all right, aren't yep. I? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, they were white. Yeah. Well, you anyway. know, when you do a main stage presentation, I want to show up. And again, it's hard to wear something that's like winterized. And this was a piece I found. It was vintage. And yeah, it was a pinky purple with a shawl. And I wore white boots. So you're the man. You rock. Well, I always feel the same way. I always rub myself against you inappropriately so that I smell like your cologne for the rest of the day. Like this morning at breakfast, yes. I literally, front yeah. to back, We were I doing the dirty dog right in the middle of the dining room. There's a couple over across the room looking at us going, what in God's name are these people doing? I'm like, just, okay, don't forget the back and the sides. Okay, let's go eat. So... First of all, Jamie Martin. Yes. You're here because obviously I love you. But more than that, as I've gotten to know you, I have found you to be such an incredible design eye. I love sitting in a room with you. I love the conversations that ensue from just looking around together. I love the way you see the world. I love the way you take advantage of every opportunity to treasure hunt. I love how excited you get. You validate me, Tiffany Pratt. <laughs> well, no, we have this. We have a common love for yes. treasure hunting, yes. and you take it to a level I have never dreamed of. And so, I want to talk and touch on some interior stuff with you today because I have never done that on the Love Jam. So, you're a collecting king. I want to talk about collecting with you, and I want you to share some of your hot tips with the peoples because I do feel like you are an untapped resource in that department. <laughs> I want you to talk a little bit about color, because obviously that's what you do, so mm -hmm. we can touch on color and Indeed. paper. Indeed. And then we can wrap it up with what you love most about that part of the world and how it makes you feel. So how do you think about, what do you think? Great, yeah. Okay, no, so no. when and how did you start collecting? When did you get the bug? When did you start finding things? When did you realize this was like, a part of who you were. Well, my mother would tell you that she knew I was gay at a very young age. <laughs> um, so, if, or do you feel like you're born being gay? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, and so, at a very young age, I was collecting. 
uh, actually, no. Uh, so, well, I, I started collecting house plants. I mean, that sounds kind of How weird. How old were you when you were collecting oh, house plants? I was five or six. Shut I, up. I've, I, I had uh, a bookcase in my bedroom that was jammed with them. Uh, to my mother's chagrin, I suspect, because she hits bugs, but she put up with it. She let me do my thing. Uh, it, it wasn't actually until later in life that, that I actually got the collecting bug. My mother, uh, my mother and father, both very creative in their own right. My mother's got an incredible eye. She, she's one of those people that did something um, 180 degrees from what she's, she probably should have done. Uh, but I clearly get my, uh, some of my zhuzh uh, from her. Uh, and it was it wasn't until she was socioeconomically in a place where she could actually start collecting that I started to pay attention. Mm. Um, what was she collecting? Well, I mean that was back in the the eighties and the nineties, so it was period antiques. You okay. know, everything from furniture to to glass to silver to lamps and so it was just stuff she liked, or was well, it a particular well, designer? It was. Um, well, so uh, she was collecting a lot of what was trending at the time. Okay. Um, because, yeah, uh, my mother's peer group would have been out there collecting the, pretty much the same thing. They, they were sort of, uh, middle, well, I wouldn't want to say middle of the road. Uh, the, 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 the collections were being governed by what media was ultimately telling people were collectible right now right Hot. it's unfortunate because we call it brown furniture now and uh the generation your generation and younger really don't want any of it unless no. it's mid-century modern these days why is mid-century so hot we got to talk about that well well it's like a breakfast this morning this this show that i want you to watch on netflix uh the world's most incredible houses something i can't remember what it's called anyway small well, shameless plug for netflix yeah sorry uh <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, the, the aesthetic within these homes is predominantly mid-century modern, and, and I've really grown to appreciate the aesthetic over the last couple of years. But similar to my mother, it's been what's been put in front of me, so right. I've been introduced to it. My eye has, my eye's obviously drawn to the things within the category of mid-century modern that I like versus some of it I don't. Yeah. Uh, but it's clean, it's simple, it's comfortable. The, the ergonomics, uh, if we talk about the furniture, well, even some of the decorative accessories, I've started collecting. Uh, my latest collection is mid-century modern glass. So uh, the Costa Bodas, uh, the Italia, the, the various countries did their own version. Even Wedgwood, believe it or not, had their version of mid-century modern glass. And uh, I love it. It's all very organic. Mm. Um, I'll show you some later today. And I'm buying it at Value Village. You know, so Shut up. so what's interesting is that I, I've been going to the antique market in downtown Toronto now for twenty plus years. Uh, it's just one of those things I look forward to. It's it's the you know, the two hour treasure hunt on a Sunday morning with like minded people. And, you know, over twenty years I've gotten to know a lot of the vendors and you know, they're lovely people. Most of them. Not all of them, but most of them are. So, anyway. So, so what are you hunting for? Well, so as I said, lately the mid-century modern glass yeah. is starting to appear on these tables. Yeah. And it started to catch my eye. And while I've not actually purchased maybe one or two pieces from the antique market, I've been going and finding it at Value Village because y you see it appear on the, the tables at the antique market and you see its value. You go home, you Google it, you, you understand that, yes, it's, it's starting to increase in value. But to be honest with you, that's not why I collect anything. 
I should say that first and foremost. Uh, but this glass is beautiful. It's organic. And it's, it's unique insofar as, and I think you would agree with me, from an interior design decor perspective, the, the fundamentals of design are not one about one particular era. You, you might like one particular era, so your furniture, all your decorative accessories, your textiles might, might drive that uh, love of a certain era. But ultimately, design is about things that stand alone. 100%. That you can have things from 400 years ago sitting with a Philip Stark ghost chair or something ultra modern in, in terms of its aesthetic and they work because they stand on their own. They can sit together or stand together in the same room to create that beautifully eclectic environment that, you know, hopefully drives form and function. That's always, I think that's what I love the most about design and that's what I love to do. I don't stick to any time period. It all has to do with size, functionality. I also like to, I call it the fuck you in a room yeah. where I need to put something yep. in the room that it's says just fuck you to everything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. And um, I often find that when you collect something like you do in mass, that's another way of creating great statement in a room is when there's something that someone just gets excited about, even if it's Pez dispensers. Indeed. The, I, and, and the key obviously is containment right. because I think it's very very easy for your space to look like your grandmother's house where the tchotchkes are everywhere <laughs> there isn't a place to put a drink down because there's so much freaking tchotchka yeah um i've always tried to and keep... is tchotchka i always look at that as a yiddish word yes. and i call it tchotchki tchotchki tchotchka maybe i've been saying it wrong all these years so i just wanted to say to the peoples who want to know what the tchotchka we is better, i'm going to check that out after this podcast and there's a tchotchka or tchotchki and it's okay. yiddish yes um, and yes, containment, really important. Yeah. So one of my collections is, uh, Parian Heads, uh, Bisque. Some people call it Bisque. And for the last 400 years, uh, from the time when they, uh, were able to refine porcelain as a substrate to create things out of, uh, they were making busts of famous people or not. Um, that's relative. Anyway, I've got three, uh, one of, one of my previous suppliers, uh, really nice guy, John, John Zoli, actually. Anyway, um, he does acrylic, acrylic and metal. He built me three shadow boxes and I display the heads in these three shadow boxes in the hallway on a very long wall. And, you know, if you were to have these sprinkled all over the freaking house, it'd look ridiculous, but contained within this area, it really accentuates, it frames everything. So I've seen this because I've been to your house. Yes. And what I love about it is that the color of the wall is very, it's tonal with the bisque. Yes. And you've got the almost modern looking yes. acrylic, yes. which you obviously can see every, I would say mostly three sides of each um, bus form so yeah. that from whatever angle you're standing, you can see them. And then you see the quantity of them. So it's this juxtaposition yeah. between old and new. Yes. And then just like, grandma's house collection gone fucking cool exactly actually you just gave me a great idea imagine putting a mirror behind it so you can see all four sides it so you can see all four sides yeah oh my god that's a great idea see john's gonna kill could, me he's I could, gonna kill no, me no 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 i could retrofit those that's a really good idea yeah right yeah you could awesome anyway okay so this is this is the cool thing of what you're saying is that it's not just about the collecting it's about the after 
what you're going to do with this collection, how you're going to display it, and how it's going to become a part of the home. That is, a, I look at this as the conversation piece, the yes. chrome ball on the friggin' lawn. Yes. You know, like, yeah. why are we doing this? And this is the thing that I wanted to talk to you. Why do you collect? And then when you collect, this is a two-part series question. Why do you collect? And the other one is, talk to the people's like, I know you'll see something, you'll see an artist's name, or you'll see a gesture underneath a piece of glass or something. And then you'll say, I'm going to go home and Google this. So give some people some hot tips on like what you do so that you understand price, you understand how much to spend and how to know where to value something. All right. So why do you why collect? I, collect? Um, I am a, an addictive personality. Ooh. Yes, that could that conversation could go off in so many different directions. I used to, I use collecting as a channel for that, you know, whatever gene pool I crawled out of, and, and that's the reason why I am who I am. But uh, so, yes, part addiction, but I think it, it's it's about the aesthetic world. I mean, it drives me. I, I I'm I'm an amateur lover of all things beautiful and i will i will yeah the, the first thing i do is decide whether or not i like something aesthetically whether it's the shape the color what it's made out of or a combination of all the thing about collecting for me today is about rescuing things we Ooh. we understand that you know that 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 saying that they don't make things like they used to is absolutely true unless you're in the luxury market. So whether whether I'm collecting Parian heads and rescuing those, whether I'm collecting uh, one of my other collections is metal buildings that you would have got on the Grand Tour and you would have bought as a, uh, a memory to, you know, whether it's the Basilica uh, Notre Dame or it's the Eiffel Tower or it's St. Pete's or everybody did metal buildings out of pot metal uh, starting a hundred years ago. Um, so that's another one I love. I'm about to actually take all the Parian heads out of the... Uh, no! Out of the... I was going to do it for your arrival, actually, but I just didn't have time. I'm going to take all the Parian heads out, pack those away, and bring all the metal buildings in as a second installation to the acrylic shadow boxes in the hallway. So that's how... Um, neurotic I am. I also want to get back to this because I think it's the best how you and John have to dance between your need for extra clutter collections and his need for quiet space and how you can't take over the house. So you have to rotate your stuff. So we'll get to that. But I, I love this because often in design, this is the one thing that I feel is very difficult is how one person has a certain design aesthetic and a need and another person doesn't. So we're gonna take a quick second and when we come back, we're gonna talk about Jamie's hot tips on what to do when you're collecting no, and no. then how his husband deals with it. <laughs> okay, hot tips. Tell me the hot tips, so Google. You love the Google. Yeah, well, when, when I... Do you bring so your own packing I supplies? You, I have so many questions. You know what? I was thinking about this this morning on the way in. And I have only ever bought... This is true. I've only ever bought one thing online. What? Yeah. 
It was a loving cup, so that's one of my other collections, loving cups, little trophy cups that you would have got awarded. I probably got about 100 of them. Most of them are in boxes right now. Um, anyway, I've only ever bought one thing online, and I literally drove from uh, Broadview and Danforth. In Toronto. In Toronto, four blocks to go and pick it up at somebody's house. So that, that you didn't have to ship it? Well, uh, in yeah, well, it was close, and I could connect with it before I actually really committed. And and there's where that's so, a okay. We have to talk about okay, that. So I'm okay. We got to so talk about I, that. I'm I'm twofold on this. I I am, you know, without getting too far off topic, uh, coming from a retail background, uh, front of the house, back of the house. We thought 15 years ago retail was going to change to the point where, you know, we were going to, retail would, would no longer exist as we knew it as brick and mortar. Right. That it would all shut down and we would sit in our underwear at two o'clock in the morning, eating whatever, doing whatever, watching TV and buy everything. Right. I think what we negated was the fact that as human beings, we are tactile by nature. 100%. And I personally am, you know, 110% that human. I need to kick the tire. I need to scratch and sniff. I need to hold it. I need to smell it. I need to shake it. Um, so that's the reason why I don't buy online. One of the reasons. The other reason why I don't buy online is I love the physical idea of getting in the car, going somewhere, whether it's to the value village up the street, as I sneak out of the house on a Saturday morning, tell John that I'm going to buy groceries when I'm actually, I am buying groceries, but I'm, I'm taking a half an hour to scout the value village that I can scope out quickly now because I know what I'm looking for and where. I literally... Yeah, uh, it's it's embarrassing. Actually, I shouldn't even be admitting this. I love that you're loud. admitting this because um, this is what I call secret behavior. But but it's it it's the, but that's part of the obsession, the 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 uh, addiction of the treasure hunt. Yeah, and rescuing something. I'm trying to tie all of the things that I've given you together every time I'm going forward in this conversation because it's it is about rescue. It's about the addiction of treasure hunting. Now I'm a Scotsman. So, you know, finding something that sits on the antique table at, at the Sunday market for 10, 20 times more than I'm about to pay for it when I find it at Value Village or the back corner of a little flea market or antique mall somewhere in Ontario as I'm traveling around. I'm giving you all sort of all of the places where I find yep. rescue, if you will, the things that I'm collecting. And, and there's where you and I have talked about, you know, in retirement, I'd love to be a picker, right? Well, you're I'd love already to be a able picker. to find, well, but I'd, I'd love to be able to not even, it's not about making money, it's about rescuing things for other people. Well, th this is what we have in common because you know this, I mean, this started for me when I was young, but I didn't know I was doing it. Mm -hmm. Value Village, mm -hmm. small town, mm -hmm. little weird treasures. Mm -hmm. You find the things that light you up, stuff that you can't get in a store. Uh, and and that I, always made me excited. Okay, so there's, I got to interrupt you for a second because I wanted to say this earlier. One of the very first things I learned from you that has resonated, and I tell you this quite often, and I'll, I'll talk to it in front of a group of people when I'm plugging Tiffany Pratt, my wife, um, <laughs> is, is that... It's something, as long as it makes you happy and it makes you smile. If we talk about the design aesthetic that's currently being driven in this era or the last or the next to come, you know, we, we rely on the, the housey porn books, 
what the TV shows are telling us is hot. You know, if we talk about mid-century modern right now, well, that's why you see all of this new retail, you know, sprouting out or up rather. Yeah. yeah. But, but ultimately, you should collect, you should acquire, hoard things that make you happy, that make you smile. And you taught me that. Well, it, that's, that's how I feel. I yeah. feel like when you look at something, regardless if you have it in twos or twenties or two hundreds, and it brings you joy, that's the most important thing in this life to feel joy. And that if we don't tap into that resource within ourselves to know what that feels like, then we're not really living. Agreed. And so if for you, that's, you know, the weekend hunt at the Value Village to find something, you know, the words you use matter to me because the word rescue is something that I find most important. I love giving something a second shot or a second life. And that's what I see in you is that you don't want to change or dismantle. You just want to protect yes. what is special in yeah. this life. Reinvent. Because, yeah, because so much is, I hate to say it, but I feel like so much is not special anymore. Yeah, I know. And so when we're out in the world and we can see something that's been sort of discarded in a discount department store at a value village in the weird you know metal shelves it's like the treasure hunt is real and the endorphins are kicking and the you know there was a set oxytocin a flying there was a set of five uh balloon back mahogany uh fluted front leg chairs that were probably 1870s 1890s value village last week they were 12 dollars each i just told this story last night or on the weekend we had a couple uh, friends over and and I, I literally almost had them in the car, but I knew John would... Have a cow. Because, you know, we've got a bunch of stuff that we're trying to get rid of from the last house. So, for, But <laughs> but I just wanted to rescue them. Yeah. I wanted to find somebody, and I would have just given them and $60 for the set of five. Yep. Oh, my God, they were extraordinary. Um, all of that to say, you know, John's analogy for me, John being my husband, everyone, um, of 15 years, uh, he, you know, he equates it to going to uh, the pound you know, and wanting to take home all the puppies. <laughs> and, and and funny, he made me laugh yesterday because we were out Humber Nursery, which is, we're gardeners, one of our, so I collect plants too, everyone. Um, I, I love I, this perennial. Is, yeah. Yeah, it's the, it goes outside too. Um, the addiction we, remains. We were at Humber, which is closing down, which was kind of sad. Anyway, he wanted to bring home every shrub and freaking tree that was looking like Charlie Brown's Christmas. Now, while we have a property to be able to support uh, some stuff, more stuff than we have, plants that we have, well, we, I, like you were like John, I, shut it down. No, I give him. He actually gave himself back his own analogy about. I feel like we're at the pound. And did he laugh at himself? Yes, he did. Were you he guys peeing did. yourselves? Yeah, it was. It was funny. Well, it's, it's you know what the best is is that you guys are together because you you have that baseline. You know, you have the baseline of care and love and wanting to have something. Good way of bringing it back to love, Miss Miss Brad. Well, that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah, no, it's true. Because I really, truly feel like that's what everything is about. And I can literally in every scenario, I don't care what your job is and I don't care what you do. I can find where the love is and I can remind people of that. Well, and so to your point. You know, with age comes hopefully a little bit of wisdom. And, and while we, we are talking about things that we fall in love with, I mean, the, there's the, they don't even hit the radar versus people, right, in our relationships with people. And of course. Caring about people. And, you know, I wouldn't say this to my 
boss necessarily, but you know, while I certainly enjoy my job and, and I'm back in an industry after being out of it for almost a decade. So being back in the creative channel has been amazing. But one of the, one of the joys that I've uh, been able to embrace is actually supporting people at the small business level because, you know, stepping away from the large boardroom table where I was for many years and coming to a place where, you know, it's it's the mom and pops and, you know, it's it's about success in terms of putting food on the table and paying the bills. Yep. That's really what I'm, I've gained the most And those smaller businesses from. start from humble beginnings. Yes, With indeed. people that just really want to make a difference in their small community. This is a hot topic for me because I believe that the homes, they support and they protect the dreamers within them. And within that home space, wherever you live, you need to create your own world. And when you live with someone, you create your own world with them. And so I want you to talk about, you know, this beautiful space, the home that you create and how you've gone about doing it and how you do it with John, even though you have very opposing tastes and desires and your massive collections and how you went from Cabbage Town collection capital to more modern, you know, paired back simplicity. So I'm going to let you just take the floor, but I think it's what I want to know is how do you reach compromise and, and how do you do what you do as a couple while you're still at the fucking value village on the Saturday, <laughs> like a crazy man. <laughs> and he knows, you know, it's funny. Cause when I walk in the door, um, you know, if I'm holding, a, well, if I'm not holding a piece of glass in my hand these days that I paid a buck ninety nine for, he's like, "What's wrong with you?" Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's he's really. I'm so lucky, you know, because John and I are very different. Um, he is not particularly aesthetic. Uh, he's not like inclined. you in that he's way. He's not inclined in that way. No. Um, John could live like Freud. You know, he could wear the same outfit. Oh, he's going to kill me for saying this. He'll... He probably won't listen to this podcast. Okay, Actually, right. he will. Yeah. He no, won't. he won't. No, oh, won't don't tell him you did it. Um, he he's a simple guy, um, but that's one of the things I love about him because it allows my complication, uh, you know, the, the the balance right between yin and yang, yin and yang, complicated and simple, and certainly not in a, an emotional or in academic intelligence way. John's a very smart man, just to be clear to everybody, but he gives me rain. Um, our Victorian or Edwardian in Cabbage Town for many years was where I really started to spread my wings as far as collecting. That's where I really got, when I got the bug, because you know we were at a place financially where even if I was only spending 20 bucks at the antique market on a Sunday, I was bringing yet another tchotchka. Tchotchke. Tchotchke home that needed to get dusted at least once every two weeks, let's say. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, great thing about compartmentalizing collections though, much easier to clean when they're in one place. Uh, Great FYI, hot tip. Just a little it's a good, tip. It's yeah. another yeah, hot yeah, tip. Yeah. Anyway, so you know, uh, I the Victorian house relative to the we'll call it mid-century modern house that we're currently living in. Um, all of a sudden, things changed, uh, and it really is interesting when we talk about home and heart and mind, and and whether or not you're a aesthetically inclined to care about to the degree that people like you and I do. Uh, this house, well, we've got a storage room full of, and that's where, you know, 
I've seen it. Well, it's, you know, the stuff that nobody cares about right now. But, you know, my mother gave me years ago, she had it for years, a beautiful period, probably mid-19th century pie crust table. It's an immaculate condition. It's a beautiful, it's a little bit on the girly side, um, but it's a beautiful piece of furniture. And, you know, I'm loath to put it on the side of the street and sell it it in a garage sale. You know, I'd rather give it to you, as we were talking about yeah. earlier today, yeah. to, to infuse back into an environment where we talk about the eclectic nature of yep. different things coming together to work. Which is what I do yeah. and yeah. what I love. Yep. So anyway, back to John. Uh, I love him. He allows me to collect. This new house, though, I have made certain promises about space design, not cluttering it up. Like, I love chairs. I collect chairs. I know this sounds... No, uh, honest about my, my house. Love them. You, you've seen my house. It doesn't look like Granny's house, but I love chairs. Um, but it's just being, it, it's about curation is what it is now. And and because of the mid-century modern glass thing, it's allowed, you know, glass just sparkles. And because this house has so many windows, it's the right thing for this house. My point is that houses will tell you what they want. This is it. And it's the I'm balance. Snapping. I'm snapping. I'm jumping know, in my chair. And it's the balance between what the house tells you it wants and what you want. Yep. And what makes you happy. I think yep. that the house is a living, breathing entity. It really is. And if we talk about the fundamentals of, and John, so back to John, he gets that. Yep. And he allows me to play. I'm very respectful, though, because of the promises that I've made regarding space design and not too much clutter in this house. But the ability, like I'm lucky enough or, or obsessed enough to have collections that I can box. Well, it's like the creamware collection that I... I we need to pull it out of the boxes because I think it would look great around your chair well in the dining room. It, it's the white keep, on white. I keep having this, this the, dream. It's of... just sitting in boxes and I would rather they be out being enjoyed even if it was only for six months. Yeah, and, and you, you said, know, Jamie, would, come and get all this shit. We're done. I would 100% display it, take a great pick, keep it up for a bit and give it back. So John, back to John because I'm trying to stay on, on point here. Which is hard um, for us. He's awesome. Um, and but I do respect what he likes and what he doesn't like. We're we're arguing. No, we're discussing right now. Uh, I wanted this new interior for the dining room because I've got this nineteen uh, 1890s cabinet in there that actually works well because there's a glass top gold based table beside it. So that eclectic right. thing. Um, but you know, we were discussing the attributes of this particular new piece of furniture that I'd like to buy at some point that he doesn't really <laughs> like as much because he wants a gold. Sort of glass uh, etagere, which is not a, your jam at well, all. Well, but I'm afraid it's going to be too much glass and gold. That's yep. why today I might need your help and just you yep. know. Yeah, uh, I'll talk okay. to him about right. it. Okay, um, but he's wonderful, and and our our he appreciates how the biggest his biggest joy is that it, this addiction of mine brings me so much joy. But it's it's my responsibility to really find the balance between what I love and what he loves and doesn't love. I want you to talk about, just for a minute, how the color, paint, paper, textures on walls, things that you can do on the, I call that the six walls, which is the floor, the ceiling, and the the walls, how that plays such an important role in design, but not just with design, but how you assemble a space, how you assemble a collection, and why those elements need to be harmonious. I mean, I I could talk about this, but 
you're my guest, so I want you to talk about it. Well, uh, we're going to... And gonna, you're a ball guy. We're going to talk about it. Um, for me, paint, and, and it wasn't until John and I... Oh, and selecting paint. Like, yes. talk to the people yeah, yeah. about that, because yeah, that's yeah. a big deal. Um, well, you know, it's, it's interesting, because it wasn't until John and I started together as a couple um, traveling, and then we both love art. Like, you could put us in the Louvre for three days, and... Now, after eight hours, you're you're pretty, you know, it's like you're bug-eyed because... And you need dinner. It's over, yeah, over and a bottle of wine. Um, <laughs> but it was it was those experiences that really started to teach me the importance of color on a wall, the six walls, if yeah. you will, and how um, the color behind the canvas or the frame, which is often as beautiful as the canvas itself, don't... Next time you're in an art gallery, really look at the frames. That was one of the things that I learned quite quickly. Anyway, it was it was in those environments that really started to teach me about color. You know, it's funny because when I was a renter years ago, uh, post-secondary and, you know, my first couple of jobs, when you don't have what you might consider nice things, you use paint to... Amplify. Yeah. And, oh, God, I think about, you know, the burgundy living room, dining room, the mustard yellow bedroom. And, and that's not to say those aren't the right colors. It's just not the right environment. It, no. And and when you have, for me today, if I was to define the importance of paint in a room, it's the frame of the canvas of the piece of art that, in this case, is the room. Right. The room. What's in the room. Yep is the actual canvas. It's the textiles you've chosen. Yep. It's the shapes of the pieces of furniture that you've chosen. It's it's the colors and, and textures of wood or whatever other substrates you're bringing into the design plan. So the color on the wall, I won't say should disappear, but it needs to work harmoniously with the rest of the design plan. Well, I always say to people, pick a few catalysts yes. and let those elements be the, the talking yes. elements. Indeed. Give them buddies so yes. that they're not alone. Yeah. And then the rest of it should just quiet the hell down. Indeed. I, I'm, you know, right now, from a, a, a category perspective, paint is, you know, 80% of the volumes being driven by 20% of the colors. And as you know, those are all neutrals, right? We're in a, we're sad, in a day and age time. of grease. Exactly. Yeah, sad neutral um, times I, at Ridgemont High. I, I can tell you, though, it's people like you who have indeed um, given me inspiration as far as color goes. Uh, and you've taught me what the more saturated colors can do in a space. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching you do your work outside of, oh yeah, for sure. Wow. Oh my God, you you interpret color in such a phenomenal way. Well, because I think color ends up becoming, and to your point when you talked about the burgundies and the mustards, <laughs> you know, I I think what when where you put color is the, yes. the more important in, decision. Less about using it and more about where. Exactly. It doesn't have to be an entire room, but no. an accent wall that. It, takes the light at a certain in a certain way at yep. a certain point in the day Trims. or has a certain piece of art on it yep. like we were just talking about the art gallery sort of analogy yep um trim doors trim, absolutely 100 ceilings 100% I I choose I I always say I pick my spots and often I I like to put color in unsuspecting places in very bold amounts and that would be when someone would say there's something about this room and then I'd say look up and then they you know, that's where the color is. So um, I love that you, you know, in your daytime life, you know, you're a color guy. And in your nighttime stripper life, you're a collector. <laughs> color collecting. Yeah. It, it Again, as we, we talked about at the beginning of this yak, uh, it's the aesthetic world that really drives 
um, me and my passions. And I also just want to say, I love that you have to tell the peoples to go home and check the World Wide Web because you're assuming that everyone's on a desktop and has to go home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I just want to say that yeah, honest if to you're God. at the virgin well, you know market, what? So, just get on your phone. You know, I'm one of those, I'm at an age where I'm one foot in, one foot out. <laughs> and, you know, the foot in is big. I, I'm, 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 but yeah, that's really funny. Of course. Of course, you, so you, can, you can stand there in the moment and educate yourself, ladies and gentlemen. You don't have to go. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Anyway. Oh, fuck. I love um, you so much. Okay. Uh, so, but yeah, for me, again, you know, the tactile nature of, of the hunt itself versus sitting at home in my underwear on my bed at two o'clock in the morning right. looking for something. Which, uh, you know, I know satiates the need for a lot of people, but different strokes for different folks. I think when you're collecting something that's antique or of value, I often tell anyone, and I don't care if it's an object or a space or, or a piece, it doesn't matter. I am entirely the same because pictures are absolutely not justice to what you will see. No, indeed. Uh, An experience. Of, yeah. yeah. And, and what I, it's either one of two things. It's so much better than it's been shown or it's a disaster and it's been photoshopped. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, there is that side of it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the, the ability to just in a human way experience something in three dimension is, yeah. for me, certainly is is just so much better. And I always, it's funny when I talk about acquiring furniture and people talk about all these new online resources to buy furniture for the home. I just can't even imagine buying a couch without ever sitting on it. No, indeed. Right? Like, yeah, don't you want no, to sit on something yes. first and it, say, this is yeah. how I want to feel? It, it, it's one thing, and then and that's actually, that's it. I mean, you're going to buy a five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000 sofa, should you be looking at that? I, I'm not sure why I started there. It doesn't matter what the price is. Any sofa, if you're going to sit your ass down on that on a daily basis, often for a couple of hours a day. Don't you, you want to know? Yeah, you want to experience that yeah. real time. And it's the same with glass. It's the same yeah. with yeah, lamps. Yes. Like even yeah. lamps. I could talk about lamps. My one of my addictions is lamps. Mm. Lamps. Well, I told you I've got a lamp. I want you to look at. And original lampshades. Mm. Don't get me started on original lampshades mm. in great condition. Mm. You know I love vintage jewelry and mm. bangles and vintage mm. clothing. Mm -hmm. And you cannot buy that stuff online. No. Because you have to look at it. Yeah, you do. There's no way I could buy something vintage and assume that I'm going to get it in pristine condition. Well, and the interesting thing is, so now that I've educated myself on this mid-century modern glass, and I'm, uh, there's all kinds of places I can buy it online with confidence, because I, I know now that if I'm looking at a picture and that's what I know it is, but that's no fun. Right? Oh my God, the whole idea. Now, some people, I get the oh, there's going to be a box on the doorstep or at the post office for me in a couple of days and it's going to be like Christmas because I get to bring it home and open the box. But no, I want the whole experience of finding a place or going to a place, getting in the car and going to a place that I know or that I've never known and just scouring it. Now, the good thing is, once upon a time, that's why John hates going to antique markets with my mother because my mother looks at everything. So does my mom. And well, and, but you know what? I've gotten to a point, because I used to be like that, but 
whether it's just age and not having the patience anymore or just being better at it and knowing you know what to look at and what not to look like but you have to be careful because even in amongst the stuff that you don't like could be the thing that you love okay so this is actually where i want to wrap up this topic is are you tired of talking to no me i want already? to change the topic oh, okay, right. i want to talk i want to change it. i got some i got so much to talk to you about mm. i want to talk about what i love to tell people to do and i want you to tell me if i'm out of line okay but often when i tell someone to go to a flea market or go to a garage sale or mm. go to value village mm. or go to a thrift store the, the go to an auction and these are people who are not educated in this type of hunting and gathering or are not wired like we are by nature. Hmm. What I often tell people who hear these suggestions and feel overwhelmed is, well, what am I looking for? Or how do I do it? And so what, my, what I always say is, go in with a list of what you're looking for or know what you like. And Precisely. If you, and if you know exactly what you like or what you're looking for, then your eye slowly becomes trained to stop looking at the clutter and just specifically look for the things that catch your eye or are in keeping with what you're looking for. We're all just romancing the everyday with the small, simple, attainable pleasures that we can get our hands on. Exactly. To feel like we're living the life that we hoped, dreamed, and could design with our own two little hands. And when I go to your house and I feel, what I feel is love. I feel that you love what you're doing in that home. You love massaging the new possibilities because it's a new space. You love looking at your old things in a new light. You love looking at your old ways and watching them change because this house is informing new decisions. Mm -hmm. Indeed. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing in this life is to allow yourself to be who you are and the collections to be what they are and your likes to be what they are, but also encourage and allow the evolution of your style and of how you like to do things because that's the part of being a creative. And expressing yourself. Yeah. in, In a variety of different ways. William Morris, you and I have had this conversation Love before. William Moore, yeah. Probably the first formalized interior designer of the 19th century. 19th century. Beginning of the 20th century. Uh, you know, he believed in the earthy paradise. Regardless of what your socioeconomic situation is, everybody deserves a place to go home to that is rich in color and texture, regardless of what you like. I mean, clearly he had his own aesthetic, which was incredibly beautiful and remains actually quite beautiful today. It's one of those UK brands that that have reinvented itself in in a way that it, it's brought all of that very traditional pattern and color that it was using 100 plus years ago into right. the 21st century. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. He believed in the earthly paradise, regardless of how much money you made, what your aesthetic uh, talents were that, you know, we all deserve a place to go home and hang our hat and be comfortable in. Yeah. Be, at, be at ease and at peace and at love in. And that is why I do what I do. Mm. And that's why you do what you do. Well, I love what you do. Wow. Um, yeah. So this is how I end all my podcasts. Okay. Close your eyes. Closing. When... Stop tickling me. <laughs> that's it. No. I'm not closing higher. my eyes anymore. <laughs> okay. When your eyes are closed. They're closed. Um, I want you to think about how collecting makes you feel 
And when you think of how collecting makes you feel, what color do you see? And then tell me what color it is and why. Mm. Well, collecting clearly makes me feel, and it doesn't really matter what's going on in the rest of my life. Collecting makes me feel, for the reasons that I've spoken to earlier, you know, rescuing addiction, <laughs> the treasure hunt, a little bit of sparkle. Sparkly. Yeah, I like sparkly. It like makes you, you feel sparkly. You know, yeah, I know you like sparkly too. Um, but it makes you feel sparkly inside. Yeah, it makes me feel good. And and by the way, everyone, mixing uh, silver and gold, do it. It's fabulous. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with mixing <laughs> tones of silver and gold because it amplifies all the other colors that are in the room. 100%. Oh, so, 100%. Mixing metals. Yep. yep. Yep, all the metals. Yeah, uh, 100%. And then the last color question I have for you is mm. when you think about assembling your home and picking colors and coming up with a new combination using old things but somehow reinventing them how does that make you feel and what color is that it's that, a different emotion yeah it is a different emotion um that color is red Ooh. that color is red because i am an aries i'm drawn to the color red uh I but that's when, when passionate. I'm, well, and and when I'm accessorizing, so rugs, you know, I love Persians, right? There, there's an example of something that you can put a very modern piece of furniture on top of, or a suite of furniture on top of a, you know, uh, a, just a classic Persian rug, um, and then you know, toss cushions or 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 the other textiles in the room. I always like to see the some red and purple, Ooh. so that that would. The, that would be the color that I think of when I talk about driving a, a new aesthetic. Or assembling something. Or assembling something, yep. Yep. Jamie Martin is signing out. What do you want people to know? Things are not as important as people, so be careful. There needs to be a balance between your appreciation and addiction to collecting or, or amassing things, three-dimensional objects. One of the things John taught me was that, very much my, like my mother, you know, I was always about giving gifts. And I still am, especially when it's something that I know something somebody that will make them happy versus just giving them a Tiffany box and it was really expensive. That's not the point. But John taught me that experience. And my, my one of my, my other best friends, uh, the, the mother of my godchild, she taught me to, it, 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 you know, spend some time with somebody. That, that really is value when it comes to nurturing and, and, and embracing the people that you love. You know, I feel like this life is so precious. It is. And we can't lose track of why we're here and why we connect with who we connect with and why that person or those people or those experiences are vital and important to our very essence of being and being our best selves and putting that magic into the world and since meeting you i've had a new form of magic in my world and in my heart and i feel so wildly lucky and blessed that you entered my life and i'm so grateful for every moment we share truly because it's always the quality of time that we have and the laughs and the connection and thank you for sharing that with not only me but people today listening i love you so much i love you tiffany pratt thank you okay jamie tiffany you, you're my love jam 
This is a verbal love letter, or a valentine, if you will, for a few special people who make the Love Jam possible. Delta Faucets Canada, I truly would not be here jamming about love without your support and sponsorship, because without you, this would not even be happening. This inspiration and all of this moving forward into the world is because of you. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Coco Torbagian, you open your studio and your time and your magical sound abilities to everyone here at the Love Jam, making us all sound so professional, crispy, and profesh. So (laughs) thank you for mixing the music and the sounds and making this whole thing sound so slick. And um, more importantly, most importantly, hello, you, the person, the peoples, the listeners, you guys are tuning in. You're, you're digging on the vibes. You're doing the love jam with us. Our heart songs are connected. We are jamming together and we wouldn't be back for season two if you weren't here. Tuning in, commenting, and digging what we're putting out. So thank you, thank you, thank you for sitting at your desk, in your house, in your car, with the headphones on, wherever you are, getting a little inspiration and tuning in to us here at the Love Jam. So I love you all very, so dearly, very much. And uh, let's just keep kicking it real. Okay, peace.